Hi, and welcome to Relatable, a podcast dedicated to simplifying the complexities of modern everyday relationships. What if being great at relationships was easy for you? How would that change your life? How would that impact the people you love? I'm Fiona Lukies. Join me as I pull back the curtain on how easy it is for you to up your relationship game so you can enjoy effortless relationships with anyone in your life and become more relatable. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Relatable. You know, I wanted to talk about something today that I really see brings a lot of people undone when it comes to their relationships. It's not intentional. It's not something that we deliberately choose, but we often find ourselves in this space. We often find ourselves ending up there. And what I mean by that is this, it's almost instinctive, right? It's almost this, this sense of, you can't help yourself, right? But it's this, this need to prove yourself right. This desire to never be wrong. You know, I'll often have people come to me and the very first thing they're going to say is the reason why I'm struggling is because this person does this and they don't do that and they need to do more of this and they need to do less of that. So in other words, if only the other person were different, everything would be okay. If only the other person could change, things would be better. So in other words, what they do quite innocently, by the way, this isn't a a blame, a conversation about blame at all. It's, it's what we've been conditioned to do. And I'm going to talk about that in a second, but quite innocently, what, what they're actually doing is letting me know I'm right. And the other person is wrong. Now, if you look at what's behind that, I'm right. And the other person is wrong. It's an interesting thing because you know, it's in the heat of the moment that we want to see change. It's in the heat of the moment that we need to see something, but it can be really tricky in the heat of the moment to change when your desire is to prove that you are right and the other person is wrong, or your desire is not to be wrong. Actually, if your desire is not to be wrong, you just find yourself jumping in, doing whatever you can to not be wrong. And then you might afterwards, after the situation has passed, after the moment has passed, have what I call your Homer Simpson moment, your kind of adult kind of moment where you realize, oh my goodness, I probably overreacted or I should have said this and I I really didn't need to say, say that. Where the need to not be wrong has passed. You have more clarity of mind. There's a calmer space. Wisdom comes through fresh thinking comes through, which is where insight and realizations come from. And you think, "Uh Oh, I shouldn't have done that. And it's interesting because so many people will say this to me, Fiona, I know it's not a good idea to make someone else wrong. I know it's not a good idea that I try and be right. But in the moment, it's so hard to stop in the moment. I can't help it in the moment. I, I get this sense of having to prove myself right, of having to make them wrong. This is what happens in the moment. And so I find myself defending my position. I find myself unable to listen from a place of curiosity and openness, which is something else that I talk often about with my clients. It doesn't occur to me to do that because in that moment, what happens to so many of us, in that moment, what we're doing is we're avoiding being wrong. And the reason we're avoiding being wrong is because if you think about it, we have been conditioned to avoid that from a very, very young age. 
We really have. You know, we didn't want to get in trouble with mum and dad because that meant punishment. We didn't want to be wrong. So we do whatever we can to be right there to avoid that feeling because there's a feeling that comes when you feel wrong, right? There's a feeling of shame, of upset, of guilt, of there's, there's all sorts of things. But I would say the bit, one of the biggest feelings is that of shame. And so what we do to avoid that feeling is we've got to be right right? We've got to be right. Then I don't have to have that feeling. I don't have to experience that feeling of shame. I don't have to experience that feeling of guilt. I don't have to have that experience. I'm going to do whatever I can to avoid that experience. And if you think about it, it's not only what we were conditioned to avoid as kids at home, but it's very, very much the way the school system, the educational system has been set up. Everything was about getting it right, wasn't it? Nobody wants to feel the shame of getting it wrong because, you know, when you got it right at school, that's how you validated your worthiness. That's how you validated yourself. That's how you felt like you were enough. That's where we got so much validation from in getting it right. And it's interesting. It's something I've been sitting with recently and uh, I've been chatting about this with a colleague. And, you know, one of the things we were talking about was, if I was to look back to some of the times where I was studying hard and I was working hard, it wasn't necessarily because I was wanting to educate myself. I was applying myself and working hard so I could avoid the experience of being wrong. And I can honestly say I'm one of those people that took that experience into my relationships, quite addicted to defending my position. I was quite addicted to not being wrong. I would do whatever I could to avoid that feeling because there would be such an extreme feeling of shame, an extreme feeling of guilt, a, a, a feeling that would be polarizing that I didn't want to experience. And so I would do whatever I can to avoid the pain of that because that's pain, right? It's painful. I'll do whatever I can to avoid that. So that often meant do whatever I could to be right. So I didn't have to have the painful experience of being wrong. And that became very problematic in my relationships. You know, I was quick to anger because when you are avoiding being wrong, that's what you tend to do. You get angry pretty quickly because when we feel wrong, it's a very disempowering feeling. But when we feel like we're right, that's a very, it, it feels in the moment, right? It feels empowering. I'm not saying it's all that helpful because you tend to leave a path of destruction in your wake afterwards. Okay, because in order for you to avoid being wrong, someone else has to feel small. So what we do to avoid the pain of that is we make the people around us small, which is very detrimental to relationships, terrible for goodwill, really doesn't work when you're trying to create partnership and connection and you're trying to deepen and strengthen the bond you have with the people in your life. And I can tell you right now, the pain of feeling wrong was something I wanted to avoid at all costs. And if I was to look back at my life, I could understand where that came from. You know, it's interesting looking back at my life and understanding where it came from didn't change the fact that that was the experience I was still having now. Looking back into the past is not where you find the answers to create change. It really isn't. It can be interesting to look back and kind of understand something, but it actually doesn't tend to change the experience you're having right now. And for me, that experience of never wanting to be wrong, not because I believed I was right all the time, but because I was avoiding the pain. I was avoiding the pain of feeling wrong. And I see this play out 
so much with my clients. I really do. I see it play out in so many different relationships where what we are doing is defending our position, defending how right we are so we can avoid the pain of being wrong. Now, in order to change that, it's not necessarily about letting go of being right, but it's about seeing how addicted you are to not being wrong. And for me, that was a huge aha moment when I saw that. The way I was able to change my experience of that was very much based on a, on a couple of things. Number one, understanding where my experience was coming from. And I think this is absolutely the missing link when it comes to our levels of well-being, when it comes to our ability to deeply connect with another human being. You know, when we think that our experience is coming from the other person's behavior, from how the other person is showing up, when we think it's coming from something outside of us, whether it be our, our situation, whether it be our bank balance, whether it be the economy, whether it be uh, someone's behavior, whether it be anything going out in the world outside of us, when we think it is dependent upon that, we have very, very little choice on how we want to change that thing. We have very, very cho little choice. We either control or change the thing that we think is, co is causing us to feel that way or we withdraw from it. Neither of which are helpful things when it comes to transforming our relationships, when it comes to deepening connection, when it comes to creating partnership and goodwill. So for me, really seeing that, not as something that I just intellectually knew, but really, really seeing that. And the minute I saw that and the minute I went, yep, you know what? The only thing creating my experience is my thinking about that thing. That's the only thing. Things really started to change because I, it gave me space in the way that I was able to show up. It wasn't just about recognizing that I've got to avoid being wrong. I've got to be right. It was the moment of recognizing, hang on, the only thing making me wrong at the moment is my thinking about it. No one else is doing that to me. No thing is doing that to me. That is purely a thought-created reality. It is not a reality created from something or someone outside of me. It just doesn't work that way. It's so interesting when you see that, when you see the inside-out nature of our experience because it gives you room for something else to show up instead of that endless cycle of, defending your position and doing everything you can to avoid the feeling of shame that comes when we feel wrong. The pain that we experience when we have that feeling. You know, I was um, having a conversation with my daughter the other day. We've been on this amazing journey with this horse. We've learned so much and that in itself has taught me so much about relationships, the journey of my daughter and her horse and the journey we've been on together. She started working with this new trainer who's truly amazing and who is and what I would call an absolutely incredible horsewoman, someone who understands horses and someone who also recognizes that when it comes to how well we connect with a horse, our relationship with the horse, it's also inside out. One of the things she taught to my daughter was, Kiara, one of the things you need to understand is it's never the horse's fault. If there's a problem, if the horse isn't behaving all that well, it's never the horse's fault. And you know, it was so interesting. My daughter immediately took that on board, immediately adopted that. And I immediately saw changes and changes in the way she showed up to her horse, changes in the way she handled her horse when a horse was reactionary or not following through on things that she was asking her. 
it took all the, I guess the way my daughter was taking the horse personally out of it. No longer did she take the horse personally. No longer was she making the horse wrong. All of a sudden, and she said this to me, she said, mum, that was so helpful because I could see that. How could it ever be the horse's fault? You know, all a horse ever really wants to do is please and all they're looking for is comfort. Why would they make life as uncomfortable as possible? That's not how a horse works. Of course, it's not their fault. The minute I took that on board, the first place I looked, mum, was inside me when things weren't working. And I looked inside me and I went, what am I not doing? How am I showing up? And she said it was so helpful because I was able to look inside myself, not from judgment and, and where I'm doing it wrong, but from curiosity and openness. My daughter's 12, by the way, very wise. And I thought to myself, oh, I love that because this is exactly the same with relationships. When you understand that our true nature is love, that nobody else would choose anything else if they could really, really see that. Nobody else would choose that if they were trying to avoid pain. Nobody else would choose that if they understood where their experience was coming from, right? If they knew that it was a thought-created reality that we live in, thought-feeling behavior. It's not circumstance, situation, behavior. It's a thought-feeling behavior. So, you know, the very first thing when people are looking for change is to see that we live in the nature of our thinking. We live in a thought-created reality. We do not live in a person-situation-created reality. And when you start to see that, you also start to see that everybody's thinking is completely unique to them. No two people have the same thinking. No two people. And so no two people also have the same thinking about their thinking because it's not just our thinking we live in the feeling of, it's our thinking about our thinking that we live in the feeling of, right? That is what we live in the feeling of. We're living in the thinking about our thinking because we're often resisting our thinking. Oh, why am I thinking that? I wish I wasn't thinking that. They shouldn't be thinking that. You know, we've got all these thoughts that we live in the feeling of, the experience of. And so for me, what I started to see was as soon as I could see that it was a thought feeling reality that I'm living in, then it's not my husband that's having me have to defend my position. It's not my husband acting in a way where I have to avoid being wrong. It's created via my own thinking. I also started to see that no two people have the same reality. No two people have the same reality. This is a huge issue in relationships because people assume that everybody sees the world the way they do. And so, of course, you, you can't understand why someone would choose something else when something makes so much sense to you. Why would you do that? A great example of this, I've started working with a, a couple recently and he's really, really quick to make decisions and she loves to take her time and think about it. And he said to me, Fiona, I don't get it. You know, I, I, I'll ask her if she wants a, a, a drink and she has to think about it for a few minutes before she turns around and says, oh, no, thanks. I'm okay. And he's like, why would you take so long to think about something? Because it doesn't make sense to me. It's crazy. It's nuts. And I could see he was coming from that place of, I've got to be right about this. She must be wrong. And I said to him, you know, it's really interesting. We live in a thought, feeling, reality. That's what we live in. Every feeling we have comes from our thought in our head. And I said, to you, making decisions quickly makes sense. Why wouldn't you? Let's make a decision quick, move on. To her, and she'd said this to me in a previous session, I love the ability, Fiona, to take my time to make decisions. I love that feeling. 
I love the feeling of it. He loves the feeling of making decisions quickly, right? I love the feeling of taking my time. So I take my time and I really enjoy it. It makes sense to me. She said, it doesn't make sense to me why people rush into things. That's when you make mistakes. That's when you get it wrong. See her making, taking her time to make decisions is how she avoids being wrong. To him, making decisions quickly is how he avoids being wrong. We do a lot to avoid being wrong. We do a lot to avoid pain. And we're taught that from a very young age, that pain is the motivator, that pain is what we need to move to the next point, that pain is, it's an avoidance of pain that motivates us. But what if that's not true? What if that's something we completely made up? And what if you could move somewhere by truly understanding where your reality comes from, first by seeing your own true nature, which is pure love, that when you are not in a loving feeling, because it's the feeling that gives you everything you need to know about your state of mind, right? It's our feeling that is our navigational system, not our thinking. People get this so, so confused. They use the content of their thinking as a navigational system and you can't rely on the content of your thinking. You can't, it's a very unreliable thing. You can rely on your feelings to let you know where your state of mind is because your feelings tell you they are an indicator of the quality of your thinking. Therefore, they are an indicator of the quality of your state of mind. So when I'm in an upset feeling, I know that my thinking's not trustworthy, that the reality I'm seeing is not trustworthy, that I've got to wait for a better thought to come along, that I don't have to sit there and prove myself to be right to avoid being wrong. I don't have to do any of that complicated, exhausting emotional roundabout. I can see that I'm not in a good frame of mind. That's all I need to know. And then I don't have to act from that place. And so I avoid all of that complicatedness. When I see that, I no longer feel the need to defend my position. I no longer have to avoid being wrong. I'm okay with whatever experience I'm having. I can be present in, in the moment. And in that space, I can be neutral. I can be curious and I can listen from a completely different place. And I'm telling you, when you see that, that is what transforms every single relationship in your life. That is the game changer. It really, really is. When you can see that for yourself, that when you are in a neutral, calm, deeply connected feeling, it is giving you all the information you need to know about the quality of your thinking, that you have the best thinking available to you to handle whatever is in in front of you. And I don't know about you, but I love knowing that. I love knowing when I have the healthiest and best thinking available to me to handle whatever shows up in my life. Because from there, I just do what makes sense to me in that moment. I don't have to over plan. I don't have to overthink. I don't need to defend. I can let go of it all and just be present in the moment. There's nothing for me to defend. I'm not trying to avoid a horrible feeling. I'm not trying to avoid pain. I don't have to avoid being wrong. All of those things get taken off the table and I get to be present. I get to be curious. I get to be neutral and I get to show up from that place. And I see the reality of what's in front of me. It's just two separate realities. Separate realities are not right or wrong. They're just different realities. You know, just because something's different to what you see doesn't make it wrong and it doesn't make it right. It's just different. It's the thinking we put on it. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, that's not right. No, they need to see this. That's thought. That's all layers of thought we put onto something that then change our experience of it 
and have us in a situation where we then find ourselves defending our position, judging, criticizing, creating expectations, creating rules, not able to let ourselves or the other person off the hook, all of which are detrimental to relationships, all of which erode goodwill, all of which take away your ability to deeply listen and deeply listen from a place of understanding because it's understanding that creates connection. It's understanding that creates change. And when you are able to take off the table, the need to avoid being wrong, the need to avoid pain, when you can see that's just a learned condition response, unhelpful, unnecessary, not needed, the quality of every relationship in your life will change. The quality of every exchange will change because you will show up in a way where the other person feels comfortable, where they can feel energetically that you're not there to win at their expense, which is what happens in so many exchanges. We don't need to prove that we're right. We don't, we don't need to avoid being wrong. Those things ended up being our self-protection mechanism, but they are a falsehood. They are a false self-protection mechanism because, you know, it's lonely being right. It creates a lot of separation. And you get that feeling of protecting yourself in the moment, but the price the person and the people in your life pay is unbelievably high. And ultimately, the price you pay is unbelievably high because you end up feeling separate and alone. And you know what? If one thing I know about human beings, we don't do so well when we feel that way. We just don't. We do super well when we feel connected when we feel plugged into the whole, when we see the sameness in ourselves and others, when we're able to come from that innate place, from our true nature, which is love, joy, clarity, curiosity, openness, and we're able to do that in real time in the moment. It is so freeing. And it is one of the most incredible feelings in the world. I often say to people, follow the feeling. The feeling will never let you down. And not the feeling about how well you're doing. That's not what the role of feelings is. And I talk about this a lot in my brand new program, Relatable, which is open. And I've got people going through it right now as we speak. And I'm getting some wonderful feedback. I'm so thrilled. When we understand the role of feelings and we know that feelings are only ever there to tell us where our state of mind is. They are never there to show us how well we're doing at life, how well our relationships are going how well someone else is. That's very unhelpful. But when you understand the role of feelings, when you understand that they are always giving you everything you need to know about the quality of the exchange you're in and about your state of mind, how well you're showing up, the space you're coming from, exactly like my daughter has recognized, it's never the horse's fault. So if something's not working, the first place she looks in is within herself. This is something people don't do in relationships. Most people, 99.9% .9 of people, the very first thing they do is look outside of themselves to validate their upset thinking, to prove how right they are so they can avoid the pain of being wrong, which destroys relationships, creates an immense amount of disappointment and expectation, judgment, criticism, assessing, gauging, and we wonder why relationships fail. But you know what? The first thing you need to know is where your experience comes from. It's the first thing I teach my clients. And I don't move forward with them until they can really see it, really see it, so that in real time they start showing up differently to an exchange. 
in real time. They're not trying to impose their reality on someone else's. They understand separate realities. But in order to understand separate realities, you have to understand the role of thought in your life and how it is the one thing that creates your reality and how clear your mind is determines the quality of the thinking that you have and how you show up to something. Now you see this, you can take this into every single area of your life, every single area, sports, relationships, work, creativity, everything. It truly is the game changer in relationships. The minute I saw this, quality of my life improved. My marriage turned around very, very quickly. I, I had a closer connection to my children. And I was no longer living in the shame of the explosiveness with which I used to approach things, with the fact that I would be so quick to anger. I was able to be calmer, more grounded, more connected to the moment, more present to the people around me, kinder and more loving. All the things that I know every single person on the planet wants to be. I know this to be true. This is how we all want to show up, how we'd all love to be. And it's entirely possible. So I'd love you to take a moment and notice your own thinking. Notice the feeling you live in. Notice how often you feel the need to defend your position. Once you start to understand, you don't need to do that anymore. It's not a requirement. You don't need to avoid pain. There is a whole other way to show up, live your life and be in relationships. There's so much more on offer. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Relatable, where we are committed to taking the stress and confusion out of relationships. If you're keen to find out more, the best place to start is to head on over to my website, fionalukies.com.au, where you can download my free Relationship Masterclass video series or join the waitlist for Relatable, my brand new online program where I personally take you through how to have a great relationship with anyone.